figured I would just sit down and just, you know, fuck it. Let's let's do a podcast. Hello? Really? We should do a podcast. Hello? Hey, this would be a great podcast. Let's fun. Let's do it. Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Cliffy? Hello, Cliffy? It's podcast time. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Are you listening? All right, you know what? I'll call this episode 86. Why not? We'll call it episode 86. And I'm, uh, I was just about to say, I hope you've enjoyed the, uh, the 30-minute episode that I, that I posted a few days ago. And it just occurred to me I haven't posted it at all. But by the time you hear this, hopefully you've heard the, uh, the little bonus episode that I recorded on Tuesday. Because last Tuesday was August 31st, and I realized, aside from a, re, a re-airing of a classic uh, retelling of the Woodstock 99 episode uh, that i put on uh, back at the beginning of august i realized there were no podcast i didn't do a single podcast in august and so I, I i did 30 minutes last tuesday in the middle of lunch and then i never posted it but by the time you hear this what i'm saying right now you will have heard the, uh, the bonus episode anyways today's monday september 6th labor day i recorded about 20 minutes yesterday and i didn't like any of it so hopefully we can do a little bit better with this recording uh, I'm trying to remember what I said. I don't want to repeat myself from what I said in the <laughs> in the last podcast a couple days ago, but I think I was giving you all my reasons why there hasn't been any podcasts. And it's just been most of the weekends, most of the Fridays and Saturdays during August were driving. Lots of stuff. South Carolina, New York City. Camping trip. We just did a camping trip the, the first half of this weekend. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Back to the same place we went in July. It was so great because we went. For, everybody had that. We all had the day off Friday. My company had the day off. School was out for Friday. The kids are back to school this week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then a nice four-day weekend. Ease back into the school year and all that good stuff. So we took advantage, and we went to our our little campsite. That's only about forty-five minutes away, which is another. After getting back out on the road this summer and going to distant lands like South Carolina and having excruciating drives to get... I mean, just any drive out of New England is excruciating because you have to go through... If you're going any to any points south, southwest, you have to drive through Connecticut. And Connecticut sucks. Everything, I hate driving through Connecticut. I hate it. I just hate Connecticut. I've said this before. It's the worst of New York. It's the worst of New England, and it's stuck into this crappy rectangle that's just in the that's in the southwest corner of New England, and you have to go through it. If you're if you're somebody in New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island, Eastern Central or Eastern Massachusetts, you pretty much you you want to get anywhere to downstate New York and points south of there, you have to go through Connecticut. You don't have to. We've actually done it before where we've just driven west. We've driven an hour, you know, mile, 100 miles out of the way to go to Albany and just head south just so we don't have to go through Connecticut. But it does, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of worth it actually to do that. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so we've had a... Had a, a lot of a lot of driving through Connecticut this summer, so it was nice to go camping and to be able to only drive forty five minutes and to be at our destination, and then to come back on Saturday 
to be able to pack up our stuff and just hang out for the day, relax with friends, and then around 5, 6 o'clock say, all right, that's enough, let's go home, and to be home uh, in less than an hour later. It's, it's great. It's great. It's, it's, the same, it's the same distance, that it's the same amount of time that it would take to go to Boston, which we do all the time, to go up to this park where we go camping. It's phenomenal. So we went Thursday, and Thursday was great because we had the whole place to ourselves because nobody had the day off Friday. Most people were, were working Friday. Everybody has the day off today, so the campsite's busy today. It's Friday afternoon through probably about you know noon on Monday. It's packed, I'm sure. Thursday night we got there. And it's fun because it's a, it's like a, it's a, you know, it's always a race against time. When you're going to any other place, it's like, okay, well, we'll get there when we get there, and we'll, you know, if we have to check into the hotel late, then so be it. Because most of the times we go to New York, we go into the city, we check in around ten or eleven o'clock at night because I, I leave, I wrap up work, and we get in the car around five or six o'clock, and that's a four hour drive. And probably, you know, probably closer to five hours if we have to stop and get whatever food bathroom breaks as needed sometimes we make it straight through without any stops sometimes we don't in any event who cares because we'll just get to the hotel when we get to the hotel and they have our reservation we'll check in camping is a little different because a the lodge closes pretty much right when it gets dark seven eight o'clock is when a lot of these places you know the main office closes and that's okay because you can still you don't really when you go camping you don't really need to check in you can go to your campsite if you've booked it and set up your stuff. And then the next day when the office opens early in the morning, you can just go over there and, and check in. And it's really no big deal. The big deal is <laughs> we're racing against daylight. We're racing against sun, the sunset here. We need to get there and make sure we have at least at least 30 minutes of daylight so we can set up the tent, set up the chairs, get a fire going before, you know, all, all the all the things without having to, like, park the car and put on the high beams to try and see what you're doing. It's much nicer to be able to do things with natural daylight and then get set up and then say, okay, we don't need, uh, we don't need the sun anymore. We just need a nice campfire. <clears throat> so we got there just before 7, checked in, got to our campsite a few minutes after 7. And this tent, man, this thing is so great. It's so great. It's a big schlep. I mean, it's very heavy. It's a huge tent. As uh, the first time we went camping up in Maine, up in uh, Acadia National Park, and our, our next door neighbors, which was just a husband and wife and their dog, and they had a modest size, just a just a little you know two person little sleeper tent, and they called ours a McMansion. Go fuck yourself. Two kids. It's the first time we've ever been camping. I got this tent because I wanted the first time we went camping in 2017. A, I wanted to go to one of the best parks in the country, which is Acadia. The only place on the East Coast where you have a mountain overlooking the ocean, where you have a beautiful campsite that looks like every other campsite, except you walk through the woods, you go on the little nature trail, you go through the woods, and then you come out on the other side, and you're just standing on a cliff overlooking the ocean and beautiful tall pine trees and everything else, and it's great. It's wonderful. Uh, so I wanted it to be as memorable as possible. I wanted it to be something that was nice enough that the kids didn't go there and say, I never want to do this again. So we wanted to make it comfortable and, you know, admittedly comfortable for us too, but comfortable for them. 
So four years ago, we bought this giant, it's like a, basically call it, it's like a three bedroom tent. It's like a condo. <laughs> it's like a big, uh, yeah, a cabin, a condo, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and it's all one piece. That's the great part of it. Because I had, a, I had this little orange camping tent when I was a kid. And every once in a while, I would, you know, we'd set it up in the backyard and it had, you know, 5,000 poles and which pole goes to which thing and you have to slide it through the thing and attach it to this pole and then get the, it's just like, oh God, who wants to do this? And then I had a, I got a GI Joe tent one time when I was about eight or nine years old and it was cool. I, I basically used the tent in the, in the living room to why I would sit in the tent with my toys and watch TV and also the tent stunk. It just like from the second we opened it, it just it just had an awful stink to it. Whatever the disgusting material was, it was really really awful, really an awful smell. Uh, so I didn't use it that much. So I, I said, I don't want I don't want those kinds of tents. I don't want to be standing there for an hour and a half trying to figure out which pole goes where, and uh, you know, uh, just all this stuff. So we have a tent. That is one big unit that just, <laughs> you take it out of the bag, you stick the, the main pole, the center load-bearing pole, where you want the middle of the tent to be, and then it's like a big spider. And you just And then all the other pieces, they just fold out. You fold once, you fold twice, and then within like... <laughs> within like 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds, you've got this big giant tent and everything just, you slide, you just slide the poles out and snap into place. Nothing, nothing comes apart. It's all one piece. We do have, we do have one little area that's a little, it's a little stiff, requires a little extra elbow grease when you're taking the tent down to, to slide it back into place, into position. That takes an extra 20 seconds, maybe. Uh, yeah, when we took we set the tent up within within ten or fifteen minutes, and when I say ten or fifteen minutes, that's the amount of time to get the tent out of the bag, out of the car, get all the stuff out of the car to get back to the to access the tent, get the tent bag out, get the tent out of the bag, put it where we want, put the tarp down where we wanted it to go, and then put the tent on top of the tent on top of the tarp, and unfold the tent, and then lock all the poles into place, and then put all this you know, hammer the stakes into the ground and then voila, it really is. It's like a, it's like 10 minutes to set up start to finish. And then another, you know, another 10 minutes or whatever, however long it takes to get, we've got cots, individual cots for the kids, a queen size cot with an air mattress for us. And it's great. The little the thing it's, it's, it's not quite glamping because <laughs> there's no electricity and it's not something that, you know, that's already been set up by the campsite where it's like kind of sort of a cabin, kind of sort of a tent. It is a tent. We are still camping. We're still, it's just us, no electricity, uh, you know, at this campsite. Obviously, there's bathrooms, you know, a few feet. It's like a two-minute walk to the bathroom. And so, you know, you, you can, there's running water and, and things like that in the, in the bathroom areas. But it's, a, it's, it's still camping, just with a really huge tent <laughs> and really comf- very comfortable cots. They have a little, ours has a little table, you know, you have a little nightstand that a little thing that folds out from underneath the, underneath the mattress and my cup holder. I can put my glasses there without worrying about if I'm going to step on my glasses in the middle of the night, put my phone, my glasses, my water. It's fantastic. And we put, 
you know, we've got a tarp, uh, we, a thing that goes, uh, you know, on top of the roof. But you could take that off if you wanted, if you knew that there was not going to be any rain and you wanted to pretty much sleep under the stars, you could do that. It's great. It's it's the best. So we've got our, yeah, we've got our foyer, <laughs> our entrance area where we where we put all our we put our luggage. You know, we put the suitcase and the backpacks and things like that. And the kids have their little room with their beds. They each have their their cot. We have our our bed. And it's great. And it, t- it took us, I mean, the thing that takes the longest amount of time is folding up those cots at the end and, and sliding them back into their into little bags. Taking the tent down itself, my God. You pull the stakes out of the ground, you fold everything back up, you, you tie it. You know, once you've got all the pieces folded in where they're supposed to be, a couple little twists, t- you tie it, tie it together, you put it back in the bag. We, we didn't, we meant to time it this time. And I would just estimate it, estimate that it took us maybe six minutes. Once once the tent was cleared out and ready to be broken down, from the time we started taking it down, I think it took maybe six minutes to get it all back in the bag. It's great. So that kind of camping, I'm I'm totally into. It's you know most of the people at this campsite, they have big you know they've got it's RVs and trailers. One guy had, I mean this was like a commercial size grill. I don't even know how the hell he transported it. It's it's the grill that you would see, not even in somebody's backyard. It was a bigger version of that. It's it's this is like a restaurant. This is a grill you'd use at a restaurant. This is again, it's like a it's industrial strength, <laughs> industrial size commercial grill, gas grill. Which I say, like man, you know, you talk about glamping, and I don't know what you know. If to me, having an RV, that's like well, you're you're sleeping inside. You're you're at the point where you're bringing your RV with with electricity and with a shower and a toilet and you know all these things all good amount of creature comforts of home and now you've got this giant grill and you've got all this other stuff like we have a big tent that's that's pretty much where the luxury ends we have a we have a comfortable place to sleep and that's pretty much where we spend the time in the tent is nighttime. When it's time to go to sleep, that's when we're in the tent. And then when it's time to wake up, get dressed, and we're out of the tent. And, you know, we might might crash and take a little nap during the day inside the tent. But otherwise, that's it. That's that's our use for the tents. So we have a comfortable place to sleep. And some of these people, I, you know... I look at it and I'm like, and, and for me too, I know a lot of people, they like to bring, uh, you know, really good steaks and really good food to, to eat out. I, I, all I want to do, I just want to, you know, if it's nice enough to go swimming, I want to go swimming and go for a little hike in the woods. That's cool too. Always want to explore the campground where we're staying, but really I just want to sit in a little chair and have a nice roaring fire and stare at the fire and just eat, you know, I want it, I want it to be as simple as possible. So like we bring burgers, uh, burgers and hot dogs, marshmallows, you know, s'mores. We brought a little, uh, little propane camping, uh, uh, stove type thing. Just this little thing that we, that we brought, uh, on our first camping trip and, you know, bacon and pancakes and stuff in the morning. So pretty simple, but, but things that we enjoy eating. And some of these people, and I guess, look, we're only going camping for two nights, so that's the difference. We can do hot dogs and burgers for two nights and marshmallows and then 
go home and eat our regular food. I suppose some of these bastards who might be there for a week or two, yeah, okay, maybe you want to have the big the big boy stove and all the all the other things. But boy, I, I look at some of these campsites and I'm like, God, that that all just looks like a lot of work to set it up, take it down. You got all your all your things, all like you 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 seem like you packed half of your house to go camping. But hey, whatever. I I like to keep it simple. Quick and easy setup, quick and easy breakdown. Pretty simple foods to make. Grill hot dogs, grill the buns, grill a burger, roast some marshmallows, a few bags of chips. Eh, pretty good, pretty good shape. That's a pretty good camping weekend for me. But I'll tell you, Thursday we got there and it was so great. We got set up, we got the tent set up. I ran to the little general store to get some firewood and some ice. And uh, the kids came with me. We were we were still back before it was completely dark. And uh, there was nobody. Nobody was there. It was so great. Knowing the the swarms of people who were going to be there in less than 24 hours and being able to just appreciate the fact that I could look at every nearby campsite across the street, next to us, down the road, empty. Completely empty. All you could hear was the sounds of the woods, the sounds of the forest. Wind, trees... Owls, woodland critters, wendigo, you know, sounds of the forest. It was so peaceful. Oh, my God. Compared to last time, I've talked about last time, our first night at this same park. And we went to bed around 11 o'clock. And the parties were raging well into the morning. You know, at 3 o'clock, we were awoken with somebody finally coming out of their tent who was trying to sleep. And yelling, shut the fuck up! And then the other people who were partying and making all the noise yelling back, no, you shut the fuck up! And this going on for hours and hours and having a terrible, terrible, terrible night's sleep. And uh, this Thursday night was uh, was the complete opposite of that. So that was great. We got there, we played some music, we took hot dogs and marshmallows and some <clears throat> gummies, <laughs> if you will, and uh, and that was it. And we just relaxed, and then yeah, somewhere in somewhere around ten o'clock, so okay, it's it's, it's sleepy time, ten thirty maybe. I think we were all in bed by eleven, and uh, that's the other crazy thing. Well, I'll, I'll get to this in a sec, but yeah, so we had a good night's sleep. It was chilly. Felt good, nice crisp fall air, and uh, sunny, clear. It was cold when we woke up, and then once the sun got overhead, it was uh, you know nice and warm. Felt great, and we, and then of course, sure enough, right around two or three in the afternoon on Friday, it was what we what we expected would happen is exactly what happened, which is you know here's here comes a camper. Here comes some cars, here comes some trucks, here comes more campers, more RVs, more trucks, more cars, more people. Okay, now, and then and then within an hour or two, there's five million people, dogs yapping at each other. One dog next to us, bark, next to our campsite, barking at the dog that's on the other side of the park. Every dog, every dog in, the, uh, in, a, in a two-mile radius is barking at each other. Kids screaming, babies crying. 
of a thousand kids on their little bikes that had little ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling, little bells. Everybody playing, blasting, you know, a lot of country music. But luckily the people next to us, the people on the other side of our uh, tent, they were, they were uh, playing a lot of salsa music. They were uh, Latino and they all had really great, you know, really great like Cuban music and, you know, salsa and all that good stuff. I, I was okay with that. Compared, considering it's mostly, you know, butt rock and country music that you hear at these campsites, I was more than happy. That was a welcome, <laughs> that was a welcome change to hear salsa music playing uh, into the night. Although we were playing our own music, so, you know, whatever. It's all good. Thursday night we sat, we, we listened to Frank Sinatra and sat by the fire and had a great time. Had a lot of laughs, really relaxed, great night's sleep, got up, hung out all day Friday. There was still nobody there all day Friday until about, you know, the middle of the afternoon, two or three o'clock is when people started to filter in. And by, yeah, by five o'clock it was, it was rocking and rolling. Uh, but, you know, the crazy thing is, the, the thing about camping you know, when you go to a hotel, people are up at all hours. You, you know, you've got electricity, you've got light, you've got, you know, your TV, you've got your music, you've got electronics, you've got things that where it's easy to stay awake. And yeah, I get it. Camping, it's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a more natural thing. You're in, you're a little more in tune with nature. So the sun goes down and you start to get, you realize how tired you actually are. Once it gets dark out within uh, like an hour or two after that, it's like, okay, it's, time for bed it's not it's 8 30 it's been it's been dark for an hour let's go to bed um i'm not totally like that because i you know it doesn't it doesn't have that much of an effect on me i still stay up about the same i I still stay up as late camping as i would anywhere else um but what's amazing is the signs posted that says uh courtesy hour 10 o'clock 10 p.m everybody go to sleep and the crazy thing is, with those few exceptions of some really, you know, rowdy partiers who stay up a little too late and disturb everyone else, everyone, they don't just go to sleep at 10 o'clock. It's, it's like a switch is flipped and everybody disappears. It's like a twilight zone. It really is. It's crazy. Um, and I was, I was telling this to our friends and they were saying, oh yeah, well that's because, you know, it's, it's, it's the human body, it's natural, it's, you know, the daylight is gone, the sun's down and you're, you know, biologically you're more inclined to go to sleep at the time that you should be going to sleep. I'm like, no, 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 I, I get all that. I get all that. What I'm saying is the, the speed at which everybody goes to sleep is inc- not just goes to sleep, just disappears. Everything disappears. It's like... It is. It's 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 like when you Halloween or Christmas when people have those inflatable bullshit things in their lawn, you know, an inflatable snowman or an inflatable Frankenstein or something like that and you <laughs> the homeowner you go to bed and you flip the switch and the air turns off and the inflatable things just collapse to the ground almost instantly. There's no more air and they just fall to the ground and the lights are off, everything's done and that's it. Halloween's over, Christmas is over. It's the same with camping. At 9.59, I looked over and everybody is talking and laughing and singing and dancing and music's blasting and they're eating and drinking and throwing cornhole games and all that stuff. And the kids 
are all riding their bikes and their scooters. That was at 9.59. At, at 10.01, darkness, silence, everywhere. Fires are all extinguished. No more kids. Twenty ki- There's 20 kids at 9.59, ding-a-linging their little bike bells and screaming and laughing and yelling and squealing. And at 10.01, there's, there's no sign that they even existed. And the same with the, the same with the adults. There was like a dozen adults. They, they had like three campsites between all of them. I couldn't even count how many children. I couldn't even count the, how many adults and dogs and everything else. And there's music and there's, you know, it's, it's very loud. A lot of commotion. And at 10.01, done, over, gone. They're all gone. And then you look at the other camps. They're all gone. You walk to the bathroom. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get, uh, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom, get ready for bed, brush my teeth, all that stuff. You walk on the way there expecting to see a few people still up, a few fi- Nothing. It's gone. Two minutes ago, these people were all laughing and screaming and playing music and drinking beer and eating hot dogs. And it's like, oh, 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's the courtesy hour, which I have no complaints. If 10 o'clock is the time when people are supposed to be quiet, uh, that's great. I want people to be quiet. And so when I see them instantly vanish into their tents and go right to sleep at exactly 10.00 p.m., I'm cool with that. It's just, it's impressive how quickly these people, like I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, 10 o'clock, yeah, we'll we'll turn the music down, but I'm not quite ready to go to bed. There's still, you know, still have a nice little fire here. Eh, we'll put some of the food in the car, put some stuff in the car in case it rains, put the food in the car just so, the, you know, keep the bears away and all that good stuff. Eh, okay, okay, I'll take the kids. Kids are going to go to the bathroom with mom. I'll hang out by the fire. Okay, they're coming back. I'll go to the bathroom now. I'll brush my teeth. I'll do all the things I need to do. Okay, then we'll, eh, the fire is still pretty good. We'll enjoy this for a few more minutes. Hang out, quietly enjoy the fire. Okay, the fire's pretty much done. That's eh, about, that's uh, eh, 11. Okay, we'll put the fire out. We'll go to bed. And then we get in bed and we, you know, kind of, I don't know, I'm doing stuff that I would normally do in bed. I'm looking at my phone, <laughs> telling jokes. <laughs> that's how I do it. But these other people, like, okay, 9.59. We've got exactly one more minute of revelry. And then at 10 o'clock, we have exactly 60 seconds to get all of this completely broken down and get to bed. And 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 they do. It was just the first time we went uh, in Maine at, at Acadia, like I said. We were at our campsite. It's 9.30. Everybody's hop. Everything's hopping. Roaring fires, music blasting, people laughing and talking, all fun stuff going on. 10.00. It's, it's like in Lord of the Rings. You know when you see... You, they, they're, they're lighting the fires, and you see like the one fire is lit, and then over on the mountain, there's another one, and then another one, and another one, and all the all the all the fires are being lit to to send the, the message, whatever the hell the message was. Uh, it's like the opposite of that. At 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 ten o'clock, you look out into the forest, and you see all you see like twenty little orange fires in the distance. And then within 30 seconds, oh, there goes one disappeared, then another one's gone, another one's gone, and they're all gone. And at 10.01, the place is silent. It's quite the phenomenon. It really is. It's, it's, like, it's like ghosts. It's like being in a haunted mansion. All the ghosts are there, and then, boop, 
they're gone. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Friday, yeah, all the all the riffraff flooded into the campsite. They were completely booked. Uh, but it's all good. It was good fun. Uh, all right, let me uh, let me take a quick break for myself so I can get some water. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit more. I guess I think I've said everything I want to say about camping this weekend. It was good fun. Got to overlap our trip with with good friends. Uh, we stayed Thursday and Friday night, and they stayed Saturday and Sunday. But uh, we booked our campsite for Saturday night, too, just so we could stay there as late as we needed to and hang out with them. Had a nice little hike. Kids got to play in the lake a little bit. It's good fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's camping. That possibly the last trip of the season. Although there's discussions of uh, of having an October camping trip, which I think would be quite lovely. Uh, really bring the the long johns and the wool socks and plenty of firewood for that trip. And then uh, yeah, enjoy the beautiful foliage, the crisp autumn temps. Bring some, bring some. Yeah, and then maybe that would be the time where I'd bring some really good, uh, good you know, some steak or something to put on the put on the old fire uh, but in any event that's uh that's the end of our at least for our summer travel plans pretty good it was pretty good a couple trips to the city a couple camping trips big trip down south to see the family for the first time in two years just about and now and now i think our weekends will go back to being you know having some time on the weekend to just to just hang out. And that was a great thing too, is we got back from camping Saturday night and being that it was a three, a four day weekend for us, we got to have the first half of the weekend camping and we still had a whole second half, two full days ahead of us to enjoy. So it was nice. It was good. And, uh, sa- yeah, Sunday was exactly what I had, uh, had planned for it to be, which was me, uh, camping, <laughs> camping my ass on the couch for the whole day and watching TV. And that's, that's exactly what we did. Very, you don't realize that you go out in the in the woods and it's the fresh air and all this stuff. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm getting a pretty good night's, you know, I'm checking my Fitbit. I'm like, wow, yeah, almost got eight hours of sleep. That's pretty good. Uh, and then you get home and it's like, yeah, man, I'm I'm just exhausted. So we spent the day resting. It was a rainy kind of shit day on Sunday. Today is very gorgeous, so I'm gonna. I'm going to not be podcasting for too much longer because I'm going to go out and get some fresh air, get a little walk in and who knows what else, but I'm going to take a quick break and then uh, talk about some more stuff in just a second on the birthday boy podcast. back with a little more pod a little more podcast excellence before i get on with my day this is noon price is right is now over which means i need lunch soon and uh i'm kind of looking at my i didn't play any video games yesterday it was a rainy day it was an ideal day for video games man i was just so tired my eyes i don't know maybe maybe from sitting by the campfire the smoke? I don't know. My eyes were just like, eh. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to lie perfectly still. But today I'm feeling a little, uh, little more into the video games. I'm looking at my, I'm looking at the games here and thinking, yeah, this, 
It's not rainy. It's a nice day to be outside. So now will be the time to play some video game. I haven't been playing much as of late. You know what I've been playing? I've been playing a little bit of uh, the 2000... I don't even know when it came out. 2017, 2018. South Park, The Stick of Truth. Which is fun. It's a fun game. Good, uh, Good little turn-based rpg great uh, you know great animation and graphics and all that stuff it's it really truly you know those 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 latest south park games really just it just looks like an episode of south park that you get to play and you know the the graphics have now caught up to where yeah it just looks like you're watching south park on tv but you're playing it that's fun uh so i have been playing a little bit of that here and there but I've also been getting a little bored with it. I've tried for like the third time to play, uh, what the hell is that called? Stardew Valley. I, I can't, I can't do it. I get my character set up then I go out into the, the lawn and chop down the trees and stuff. And there's, you know, there's things for me to do. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I can't, I don't have time for this. I don't have the time to care about getting into this. Same thing with, uh, I, recently picked back up and try to get into Nino Kuni. Like some of these some of these games that I would normally not play that I'm trying to that I hear so many great things about and I don't I don't know. Just I don't have time. I just don't have time. I don't have time for anything. And uh yeah, the last game that I really played really got into was the, the new Resident Evil. That was a lot of fun. I feel like I played something shortly after that too. Maybe not. I don't know. But I look at, I'll, I'll turn on, oh, Flight Simulator. That's what I'm really into as of late. The new Flight Simulator. Well, it came out last year, but it's still new. And it just they just released it on Xbox, you know, Game Pass over the summer back in July. That's the reason I got an Xbox Series X. Or I should say Santa got an Xbox Series X for the kids. <laughs> nah. Uh you know, we got it to get for the, you know, Caitlin right now is playing Planet Coaster all the time, making roller coaster parks, theme parks, crashing, co- having roller coasters that just go into a black hole of nothingness or a, a track that has no end to, you know, that, that, that just stops, uh, <laughs> right, right where the, uh, the main walking path is so that the coasters crash into the people and they go flying everywhere. I mean, that's what, isn't that what those games are all about? Kimmy and I used to play Roller Coaster Tycoon. If you go back, I don't know, 2002, 2003, whatever. Yeah, those 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 years where Roller Coaster Tycoon was a big thing back on the Xbox, the original Xbox. And that's all we do. We would make theme parks. But, you know, Planet Coaster, you can't complete – You that's the problem. You can, you can set up an incomplete ride that goes into a black hole of – like Kaylin has a ride that's called the Toilet. And it just goes that she dug this pit that goes pretty much to the Earth's core. And the track just ends and the cars just go off the track into this pit. And you see the explosions and the crash test dummies flying everywhere. And it's funny, but in Roller Coaster Tycoon, you could do that. You could actually open the ride and the people would get in line for the roller coaster that would send them flying to their doom. And that was the what other purpose is there for playing those games? I'm sorry. I'm not setting up a, you know, I built a whole theme park of broken rides just to kill people. That's the point of those games. That's all anybody wants. 
I don't need to set up a real working theme park generating fake money in a video game. No. I want <laughs> I want to laugh myself silly watching people get on a roller coaster that's going to crash into the side of a mountain or or crash into a queue of people waiting to get on another deadly dangerous ride. So that's the only issue I have other than that planet coaster is great. But at least you can send the roller coaster with the crash test dummies flying into a crowd of people. So at least there's that. But they don't let you open the coaster to the public unless it's a complete ride. And maybe it, you know, maybe there is some way and I just don't know. But anyway, so having a lot of fun on that one. Cyberpunk, I, I play it and sometimes I'll, I'll play it for a couple of hours and really get into it. And then I think about coming back to it and I just don't, I, it's, I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about that game. It's just not, you know, the characters are, I like the characters. Uh, I like what's happening. The graphics are awesome. This and that, you know, it's fun, huge world, all this stuff. It's just, it's just not pulling me in like I had hoped. I, I expect that'll change as we get into the colder weather. That's a, I think that's a cold weather game. I think I'm going to enjoy that game in the cold weather because that's that's a game where you need to sit down and you need to spend time with it. Resident Evil was a great spring summer game because you could play in little little bursts, a couple hours here. I'd finish up work, play for an hour or two, get a little bit, uh, progress a little bit in the game, you know, shoot some ghouls, unlock a new area of the map find a little typewriter and then save my game and be done and not need to if i could if i went a week without playing it I, it's not like i came jump back in and said oh how do i do this what am i doing where am i and that's the thing about these rpg games that's why rpg games are not good for somebody like me where i am in life i don't have if i just i don't know maybe when i'm retired which i don't expect that'll ever happen but it should should i get to a point in my life where i can actually retire I could see myself getting into RPGs a little bit more, like in the old days. I haven't, you know, a turn-based RPG. This South Park game is the first turn-based RPG that I've played, I think, since Final Fantasy VII, back in my senior year of high school, when I actually had time to just like, okay, what am I going to do? Home- okay, it's 3.30, my homework's done, I'm going to play Final Fantasy until 10 o'clock. Uh, it's a... Uh, I don't know. There's just there's just no time. Even the South Park thing. I I went a week without playing it and I picked it up and tried to play it a little bit and I couldn't remember I couldn't remember half of the what I was supposed to do. I didn't I didn't remember the missions that I was on. I just forgot all of it. Resident Evil was great cuz you just pick it up and just just start going. Find your quest, find the map. Okay. Here's where I need to go. So that's that's why I haven't done, gotten too much into Cyberpunk. I don't know what I yeah I guess some of the Mario 3D I guess I played a little bit of that over the summer that's another good one you can pick up you play a little bit and then put it away Honestly I'm too lazy sometimes to get up and take this cartridge out of the switch and put another one in that's half of it if the game's not downloaded onto my <laughs> onto the console itself I'm not going to touch it <laughs> So if the if the game card is in there then I can play it Otherwise, it might be months before I muster up the strength to switch to another game. It's so sad. Uh, speaking of video games, we just passed a major milestone. The 30-year anniversary, uh, about a week ago, was the 30-year anniversary of uh, the release of the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo Entertainment System. 
still to this day my my absolute favorite console of all time as evidenced by the fact that when i turn on my switch and i look at all of this huge library of games that i have for me and for my kids both downloaded and in cartridge form uh <laughs> i look and i say eh, i don't know and then i go click on the super nintendo app oh donkey kong country I've only played this 5,000 times in my life. Let's give this a try. Let's play some Castlevania 4. I haven't played this in a week. So yeah, August 24th. And of course, every year I, I look forward to my text that I'm going to get from Shimo. Reminding me that is the anniversary. Uh, not just the anniversary of the release of Super Nintendo. But it's the anniversary of Shimo being the first friend that I had who got a Super Nintendo. And he got it on release day. Mm. And uh and a little little protein shake. Get my little caffeinated protein shake, my cafe latte. I need my cafe I'm entitled to my cafe lattes. Jerry, I can get you a cafe latte. It says here, I have a I have an agreement, I have a contract, I'm entitled to as many cafe lattes as I want, Jerry. Anyway. <laughs> uh oh, it's Seinfeld, October first, I believe. Seinfeld comes to Netflix. It was really, I thought Seinfeld was leaving Hulu on July 1st. It really left on like June 23rd or 24th. It just, you know, I wasn't prepared. I thought I had a week to get ready for Seinfeld leaving. And there's no place you can watch Seinfeld other than, you know, it's only on every channel uh, every day at like 11 o'clock at night. And it's on TBS like all weekend long and all these other places. And you could just record it and then watch Seinfeld episodes that I've seen 50 million times. But I want to go on to Netflix and I want to watch Seinfeld. I want to know Hulu. And it's been all summer. It's supposed to be the summer of George. And there's been no Seinfeld. And it is just, yeah, you know, it's supposed to be the summer of George. What the hell was I talking about? Super Nintendo. August 24th, this is the caffeine and the lack of food. I should have had some food, so it's all caffeine right now. So I'm a little jittery, Jerry. Uh, August 24th, August 24th, 1991. Joe Shimo gets the Super Nintendo, calls me, because the whole deal was that I was gonna, he was going to try and rent the Super Nintendo. That was the plan. Everybody figured, oh, who's... The thing costs three hundred dollars. We don't go walk into a store and just buy a Super Nintendo. There's just going to be a bunch of them there, and they're going to be available. They're going to be in stock. No, we'll go to good old Mister Video, and Steve behind the counter will rent us the Super Nintendo, and then we'll take you know the, he had little little ta- little circular tags on little hooks on the wall, and that's how you knew if the games were in stock. You'd go over. And you look at the little the little wall of tags on hooks, little circular tags with just written in pen and pencil, would say you know Super Mario Brothers. And if the little tag that said Super Mario Brothers was there, then you knew you could take the tag to the counter and you could rent Super Mario Brothers. And they had they had Super Nintendo games, they had Sega Genesis. It was so great, and he had all the best games. And it was a tiny little shop. And it was not that's that's when it says size doesn't matter because this. Mr. Video, this little mom and pop, literally, and it was the mom, it was, well, it wasn't mom and pop, I guess it was mom and son. It was Steve and Steve's mom. And I would call there every five minutes asking if they had a video game. Like, do you guys have, uh, do you guys have Midnight Resistance? You do? Okay. And then I'd call an hour later. Do you guys still have Midnight Resistance for Sega Genesis? You do? Okay, great. 
And then and then finally she'd be like, why, why don't you just ask us to hold it for you? And I'd be like, no, that's okay. I'll be there soon. And then I'd call an hour later, do you guys still have midnight resistance for Sega Genesis? You do? Okay. As I'm waiting for my parents, like, can we go to Mr. Video so I can get the video game, please? And then we'd get there and be like, uh, yes, Midnight Resistance. I didn't see the tag. Oh, yeah, we just rented it 10 minutes ago. What? No! You should have had us hold it for you. Oh, why didn't you hold it, though? I called three times. I called every hour. Who the hell came and got Midnight Resistance? Nobody wants that game, just me. Uh, anyways, they had every video, all the best video games for all the systems. They had every wrestling tape with like two or three exceptions. They had every, that's how, when I got into WWF wrestling in 1992 and I said, okay, well, I need, I need to catch up. I've been out of this. I I've, I've, used to think wrestling was the stupidest thing on the planet. Actually, I still think that. I just happen to love it. But <laughs> when I got into it, when a 12-year-old Johnny, Johnny boy got into wrestling, if it weren't for Steve at Mr. Video and his infinite collection of wrestling tapes, both mainstream and obscure, some really, some really rare gems he had on that shelf, uh, I, would never, I would never have gotten brushed up on my history because there's no YouTube back then. There's no WWE Network. There's none of that stuff. There was Mr. Video. And we didn't have... Uh, Burn Hills wasn't a blockbuster town. We were never going to get a blockbuster. There was always rumors that Blockbuster was coming. It was never coming. Blockbuster was never coming for Burn Hills. Uh-uh. Clifton Park got their blockbuster, not Burn Hills. Niskayuna, that's a blockbuster city. Burn Hills isn't. Blockbuster's not coming to Burn Hills. They're going to the big city. They're going to Clifton Park. They're going to Saratoga. They're going to Niskayuna. They're going to Colony, Latham. You think, they're, you think Blockbuster's coming to Burn Hills? They're going to cities, baby, not towns. Cities. <laughs> the big city. Schenectady. <laughs> Troy. Mm. So anyways, so we had, we, had, we had Mr. Video, and we had Leader's Video, and we had Creative Video. And then we had Price Chopper. Because back in those days, in the 90s, you could go to pretty much any store and rent videos. Even Stewart's. Where little Johnny Hopkins, 10 years later, would find himself employed at Stewart's uh, gas station and ice cream shop. And place where you can get USA Gold Light 100s. They rented videotapes for a very brief period of time. You could go in and you could rent a movie from Stewart's. Everybody was cashing in on renting movies. And you could go to your grocery store. And basically the entire aisle was, video, was VHS tapes. And then they, and then they, what's probably now like the pharmacy used to be the video store. And you could actually, it was a separate entrance. You go into the grocery store and then a separate, separate entrance with security things. You go in and you rent tapes. This, it was great. What a time to be alive. You had so many places to go to rent movies and video games. It was awesome. I miss video stores. They had that thing on Netflix about the last blockbuster. And it makes me, I so miss video stores. What a thrill. On a Friday night, to get out of school, the whole weekend is ahead of you. Endless possibilities. Infinite options. And where do, you, where do your parents take you? 
when school and work is done for the weekend, you go to the goddamn video store and you look and you say, oh God, I hope they have Jurassic Park. And if the tape is behind, they had the cardboard box. And if the tape's behind the cardboard box, hot dog, mister, you're in luck. You're going to have a nice little weekend ahead of you. Oh my God, Forrest Gump, Jurassic Park. They've got them all. (laughs) Everything's here. Uh, what's the one? Outback Jack. <laughs> what the hell's the one? What's the one that we rented? Uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr. Something, some fucking Outback thing. It was like, ah, uh, we rented it. It was the worst movie ever. I can't remember the name of it. I'm looking it up right now. Something Jack. What are all these movies? Oh, Jerry Maguire he's in, of course. Lightning Jack. Lightning Jack with Paul Hogan, Cuba Gooding Jr., Beverly D'Angelo. An all-star cast. An absolute all-star cast. And we rented... Oh my god, they have Lightning Jack. Let's grab it quick. Let's rent it. I don't remember Lightning Jack at all. I think Cuba... I think that was the one in the trailer. Cuba Gooding Jr. gets shot in the foot and he's a mute. And he just starts screaming, but he doesn't say anything. So it's just his mouth is open. It's hilarious. Anyway. Video stores. Oh, my God. It was great. And then occasionally we'd get to go to the big city. We'd, we'd take a drive into Clifton Park, and I'd get to set foot in a blockbuster. Oh, my God. Look at this place. Look at this. An entire wall. It's an entire wall just for Jurassic Park. It's an entire wall of just Jerry Maguire. <laughs> oh, my God. They've, they've rented out a whole separate building. That used to be a mattress store just for Titanic on VHS. Because, of course, Titanic was on two VHS tapes. Not one, but two. Mmm. And the smell of popcorn. Oh, my God. The video store. It's, I, I think a video store is going to come back in some very small, weird kind of way. Like, just like a nostalgic kind of thing. It probably And it won't last for very long because, like, nobody's going to care about that. It'll be one of those things like, you know, stuff that's still around that, that, that boomers enjoy, that once it's gone, once the boomers are gone, it won't be around anymore, like conservatism. It'll be the same thing with like video stores. When we're in another, you know, we're a very, my generation is a very nostalgic generation. And there's really no need for nostalgia because none, none of the stuff from our generation really went away. What are the popular things that kids do these days? They play Nintendo, they play Super Mario Brothers, they're into Transformers and Ninja Turtles (laughs) and all the shit that we were into. And it's just back, it's just, you know, repackaged a little bit and made for the the youngsters these days. Yeah, He-Man is back, like all this stuff, Star Wars, it's all, you know, there's been some new stuff along the way, but, you know, I didn't grow up with Pokemon or Harry Potter, but uh, I don't care for Pokemon. But I love Harry Potter. And so, yeah, there's there's no, there's really, like, what's to be nostalgic for? Yeah, stuff from when I was a kid. WWF Wrestling, Nintendo, Super Mario, <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> and Ninja Turtles, and it's all, it's all there. Wasn't there just a Snake Eyes G.I. Joe movie that came out a few weeks ago, a month ago? Yeah, give me a break. I used to... I used to lie in bed just dreaming about when they would make live action versions of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers and G.I. Joe. 
And then they did, and I have yet to see any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or G.I. Joe live-action movies, because I don't give a shit anymore. But still, uh, just as our stuff is, you know, the kids, the kids are into the stuff that we had when we were kids, I feel like the one thing that we don't have, everything else is still around, but the thing that we don't have is video stores. And yeah, wh- why the hell do you need a, you got Netflix and you've got all the streaming stuff and you got YouTube and you got everything that you could possibly want in your fingertips on an iPad. So why why on earth would you want uh, a store that you have to get in the car and go to and then find a, find something, a physical copy of something to bring it home and then what are you going to play it on? You're not going to play a VHS tape. Nobody has a VCR anymore. You're not even going to play a DVD. Nobody has DVD players anymore. I guess if you have a PlayStation, you have a Blu-ray player. But still, it would be lovely if there was just something. Maybe as I could see it maybe being part of a bigger store. Maybe that's something. Maybe as a standalone it wouldn't work. I feel like like there will be some nostalgic little slight return of a video store. Very briefly. Only in select areas. I don't know, but I, there, I, I, it would be great. Anyways, I'm getting off a topic here. The point is, it's the 30-year anniversary of the Super Nintendo, and going to Mr. Video and getting those little tags and renting games like we used to do. So Shima was supposed to rent the Super Nintendo that weekend. It was one of the final weekends of the summer. School starting soon. And this is going to be, wow, what a, what a cool way this would be to finish out the summer is to have a full weekend rend- renting Super Nintendo and playing Super Mario all weekend long. So I get a call from Shimo that afternoon. And he calls me to say, I have bad news. I'm like, oh, fuck. What's up? I couldn't rent Super Nintendo. They didn't have it. Nobody has it. Can't rent it. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. But there's some good news. Okay, what's the good news? You used to be able to reserve this stuff. So I'm like, okay, they couldn't rent it this weekend, but maybe he put his name in and they, they reserved it for next weekend because that was the thing to do too. Oh, you don't have this? Can I reserve it when it comes back? Sure. You'll be first on the list, and then when, when, when it comes back in, we'll call you, and then you can come rent the thing. Cool. Great. So I'm like, all right, we're not going to rent Super Nintendo this weekend. We'll get it next weekend. Bad news. Couldn't rent it this weekend. Okay, what's the good news? Good news. Bad news, I couldn't rent it. Good news, I bought it. And I'm just silent. Like, when you bought it. You bought what? You bought I bought Super Nintendo. I'm like, you mean to tell me you own a Super Nintendo Entertainment System gaming console of the future? You own it? You have it? Yep. And then if I remember right, he put the phone up to the thing and I could hear I could hear it. Like you've got to be kidding me! That's Super Mario, Super Mario World. You have it now, and you're playing it right now. Yep. And I'm gonna come over to your house tonight, and I'm gonna sleep over, and we're gonna play it. Yep. Oh my god. But it was still like several hours until I was scheduled to. You know, let's say it's two in the afternoon when Shimo's telling me this. I wasn't set to go over there until probably five or six to have uh, you know. Have a little dinner, then go over and have the sleepover. So I'm thinking, okay, I got I got four hours of not playing Super Nintendo while this son of a bitch is playing it. I'm, um, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to just wait patiently. 
So we we hung up the phone. So I said, you know, Joe's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go because I want to go play my my new gaming system. I'm like, okay, well, let me know how it is. I'm gonna call. And he's like, well, you're coming over later, so you'll find out how it is. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 okay. So we got off the phone. I was patient for about ten minutes, maybe, and then I called back. Joe picks up. I'm like, hey, it's me. How's Super Nintendo? Well, I've barely been playing it for 10 minutes. We just talked on the phone. I'm going to go play it. Let me go play my game. All right, fine. So I called back again 10 minutes later. Hey, it's me. How's uh, how's Super Mario World? What's uh, Tell me all about it. Just come over later and you'll see. Let me go so I can play my game. All right. So then I called back again. And and Joe Joe wasn't answering. He had his brother, Merv. Merv answered the phone. Hey Merv, it's John, let me let me talk to your brother. I want to see the Super Nintendo. Hey Joe, it's John. No, t- hang up. Tell him I'll call him later. He's busy. He'll call you later. Bye. God damn it. I'm like, all right, well now now I'm not getting through. So then I called ten minutes later. Oh hey, uh <laughs> and Merv answered. I said, hey, it's uh it's Jeff Stovall. Just seeing what Joe's up to. Oh, hang on a second. Hey, Joe. And I could hear Joe in the background. Tell John to stop calling here. No, it's Jeff Stovall. Oh. Oh, really? Jeff Stovall. Oh, cool. Oh, hey, hey, Jeff. Hey, what's going on? Hey, buddy, it's me. How's Super Nintendo? You son of a bitch. Click. Hangs up. Uh, and then finally, I mean, and that pretty much ate up the uh, the two or three hours. And then I had the little dinner, got myself ready, uh, went over to Shimo's and spent the weekend playing video games. And I was just talking to I was just talking to Nate about this recently. Man, the stuff that exists, I tell my kids this all the time. The fact that you have you can pick up a little rectangle that has TV, movies, video games. A camera, all like anything you could possibly, a, a, a television studio, music, radio, podcast, anything you could want, want to do is on either a phone or an iPad, some kind of tablet. The fact that you could pick up a little rectangle that has everything you could ever want to do, you could make your own videos, you could make your own TV shows, you could make your own podcasts, you could play video games, you could read books, you could watch movies, you could watch TV. You could listen to your favorite, anything you want. Anything and everything is on this little rectangle. I might, if you took this thing back to me, went 30 years back with an iPad and showed it to any kid, any, any kid, you know, 11 years old or any, any person at all, they, would have, they might have fainted and had a heart attack and died thinking there's no way that so much stuff could be on this one thing. But I, I talk about it like, you know, the, what's huge now? People watching, people watching other pe- people play video games, which shouldn't be surprising because, you know, I'm not one of those people. I just wanted to go and play the video games, but, but I get it because if I didn't have the video game and I desperately wanted the video game, I would bring a blank VHS tape over to somebody's house who had the video game and I would put the tape in and instead of hooking the video game console to the TV, I would hook it directly to the VCR and I would just record us playing the video games. And then I would take the tape home. And that's all I would do is just watch the tape. And so that weekend, 
I wa- we played Super Mario World and we played Pilot Wings and we played the uh, you know UN Squadron. I don't know if that was I can't remember if that was the first weekend, but at some point UN Squadron. And we spent the weekend playing those games and I recorded it on a blank VHS tape, possibly multiple VHS tapes that I brought over to just if one ran out I would put it another and just record it. And then I would go home and I would watch it so much that I would memorize I knew like 6 hours worth of watching video games. I knew when stuff would happen. I'd be like, "Oh, here's where we did whatever." And then we fell in the pit and this happened. I I I like memorized what was happening. I did the same thing the following year when when Shimo got Street Fighter 2 for Super Nintendo and I would just I would record us playing that all, you know, for an entire Saturday. And then I would the, – the, for the rest of the summer, I would come back in the morning from delivering my newspapers and I would just sit on the couch and watch the same videotape of us playing Street Fighter 2 over and over and over again or Castlevania or Final Fight or anything else. Yeah, that was – I feel like Final Fight and UN Squadron were rented at the same time. I could be wrong. Pilot Wing. It's, 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 all, it's all a jumble. Joe will correct me when he listens to this. Uh but I'll tell you what, <laughs> from August 24th, 1991, and I, it was right around the same time a year later that I finally got my own Super Nintendo. And that, that kicked off 365 days of nonstop me inviting myself over to Joe's house under the guise of, hey, buddy, <laughs> let's hang out this weekend. Hmm. Should we do it at well, it's, uh, my house? You come to my house? Well, actually, we should we should hang out at your house. I feel. What are you doing? I want to come over. Let's let's hang. And then finally, I mean, we were hanging out a bunch, anyways. But I I officially didn't want to have any sleepovers at my house unless Joe was going to bring his Super Nintendo over. Because let's be honest, so yeah, uh, when you're that age, yes, you are you're good friends with the people that you're friends with, but you're also very much using each other because uh, it's nice to go and play with somebody else's toys if they have the cool toys that you don't and you have the cool toys that they don't. So it's a win-win. You go over and when you're little kids, like, okay, let's trade for the weekend. Uh, you know, you could borrow Optimus Prime and I'll borrow Ultra Magnus or vice versa. And then next week we'll give it back to each other and you get to play with uh, the toy that you want and I get to play with uh, the toy that I want and we'll give it back. It was the same thing with video games. And yeah, I had just, and this is what, I'll tell you who I feel really bad for is my poor dad, who just a few months earlier bought us as an end of the year, end of fifth grade for me, graduating onto middle school, having a successful piano recital where my sister and I did a duet of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And as a, as a result for our hard work at the piano and our hard work in school and having a successful year and me graduating fifth grade, my dad went out and got us a Sega Genesis and <laughs> with Altered Beast and Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion, and we rented Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, and we would go over to Steve and get the little tags and rent all the great games, Golden Axe, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, everything you want. And then, and then a short time after that, Sonic the Hedgehog came out, so I spent the whole summer playing Sonic the Hedgehog, Strider, Shadow Dancer, all my favorite games for Sega Genesis all summer long until August 24th and Super Nintendo was released and I officially did no officially was the end of me giving two shits about Sega Genesis and then 
after three good months of playing Genesis nonstop, then I was two things. I was on my dad's case all the time. Dad, I really want Super Nintendo. Dad, can we get Super Nintendo? Dad, when am I going to get Super Nintendo? Dad, I want Super Nintendo. It was like uh, it was like on The Simpsons when Bart and Lisa. It's just the montage of them asking Homer, <laughs> "Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? Will you take us to Mount Splashmore? Will you take us to Mount Splashmore?" That was just me. Will you buy me a Super Nintendo? Will you buy me a Super Nintendo? Will you buy me a Super Nintendo for the next year? And if I wasn't, and if my dad wasn't around, it was just me asking Shimo, "Can I sleep over at your house? Can I sleep over at your house? Can I sleep over at your house?" <laughs> oh my god! And then finally one day, uh, Joe called me out. He had rented Super Ghouls and Ghosts, and uh, we had it was one of those Friday night, Friday night wreck. I think it was called Friday night wreck. Friday wreck. God, I don't remember. It was, it was at the middle school. Like once a month, they would have a Friday night. I think it was called Friday Night Wreck, and they would have this thing where there were there was Friday Night Wreck, and then once a every few months they would have Saturday Night Live at the YMCA, and we could go and basically the same thing, but we could swim. Anyways, Friday Night Wreck was, yeah. Uh, it was Friday night at the middle school. It was just, I don't know, you play basketball, you play games, snacks and bullshit, I guess. I don't even remember. But so all your friends were there on a Friday night from like, uh, I don't know, 6 o'clock until 8 or 9 or something. Who knows? I remember walking down the hall and he told me, he said, I rented Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I said, really? Oh. Hey, hey, you know, I was just thinking something, a completely separate thought that's totally unrelated to the news that you've just given to me about renting Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I was thinking, tonight would be a great night to have a sleepover at your house. I should come over to your house and we should sleep over, we should have a sleepover. Maybe for the whole weekend. Or tomorrow night, I mean, whatever, as long as it's uh, sometime soon before... Before Super Ghouls and Ghosts has to go back to the video store. Not that I care. Not that I care. But we should have a sleepover and enjoy each other's company first and foremost and celebrate our friendship primarily. But also play a lot of Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Like, that would be a... And Joe called. He's like, he's like, you just want to come over and play my video games. And I, I felt so called out. Because I was. Because that's exactly why I was inviting myself over. I said, Joe... Well, Joe, what? Me? No, 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 no. I want to come over so we can hang out. We can, so we can, we can grow our friendship. We can become better friends. I want to learn more about you as a human being. Even though we spend like every waking moment together in school. And then when we're not in school, we're like talking on the phone for hours and hours every night after school and all weekend long. And then we're usually having like every other weekend we have a sleepover anyways. I just feel like, I feel like we could be spending more time together. And I feel like tonight, while you have Super Ghouls and Ghosts for the weekend, would be an ideal time to to really, you know, spend more quality time together. It's it's you know it's the friendship that means the most to me, and that's why I want to come over to you. Definitely not at my house because I don't have Super Nintendo. We should definitely do this at your house, where there is Super Nintendo and Super Ghouls and Ghosts, and you should have me over tonight, like in an hour when our parents come to pick us up. Uh, I should just have my parents bring a change of clothes. And then I should get in your parents' car and come back home with you. Because of friendship, Joe. Not because of video games. Not because of super ghouls. Who even... Uh, it's not even something I care about. Even though I read all the video game magazines and every moment of my life is spent salivating over Super Nintendo. It has nothing to do with that. It's just a coincidence that you happen to be renting a game that I really want to play. It's just a coincidence. 
that it happens to fall on the same night where I'm saying we should have a sleepover at your house specifically. I'm, I'm frankly insulted that you would even suggest that, <laughs> that my reasons uh, are <laughs> for wanting to come over to your house are, are anything less than, uh, than on the up and up. Uh, it's, 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 it's nothing like that. I just, I just want, I just want to be even better friends than we already are. And so that was the whole year. And then of course the following summer, uh, we did really my, my favorite thing of all time. Well, until Joe ruined it, we swapped video game systems. Cause let's be honest, Sega Genesis was also a great video game system, but once Super Nintendo came out and I saw all those games, Super Mario World, Castle, Super Castlevania. Oh my God. All the games that they, Zelda, everything that came, Pilot Wings, F Zero, Final Fight. And then, of course, summer of 1992, my, my, the game that I would obsess over in the arcades. And I would, I would memorize, I would read Electronic Gaming Monthly where they had an entire guide with all the moves, all the controls, all the button combinations. For Street Fighter 2, because I I don't know that to this day I've been obsessed with something more than I was with Street Fighter 2. All I wanted to do was go to the arcade and play Street Fighter 2. And then they released Street Fighter 2 for Super Nintendo, and it was it was as far as I was concerned, it was identical. It wasn't, you know, we had been used to getting arcade ports. Things translated from the arcade onto Sega Genesis, onto Nintendo, the original 8-bit Nintendo, and losing quite a bit in the translation. Still great games, but not the exact thing that you could play in the arcade. All of a sudden, here comes Super Nintendo, here comes Street Fighter 2, and holy shit, it's the exact same thing. Even Final Fight came out on Super Nintendo and was great. But you couldn't you couldn't choose all the characters. You couldn't choose uh, you couldn't choose Guy. You could choose Cody and Hagar, but you couldn't choose Le Guy. Uh, and then and then years later they came out with a version that had that had that character included. So you, you always lost something from the arcade to the home console. But Street Fighter Two was it was it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful thing I had ever laid eyes on. <laughs> And in the summer of 92, we did a console swap where for, for a full week, I took Joe's Super Nintendo, Joe took my Sega Genesis, and I had rented, and prior to that, during the year, I, I remember February vacation, I rented Super Nintendo for a weekend, and I rented Super Castlevania, just me, myself, and I playing Super Nintendo all weekend, pretending that I actually owned the console. It was beautiful. President's Day weekend, kicking off February vacation getting up early to deliver newspapers and racing home to do nothing but play Castlevania and Super Mario all weekend long and staying up until one in the morning. I would stay up until one in the morning. I had a stomach ache because I would just lean on the, on the, on the ottoman, the footrest, while I was playing games on the big TV. I would go to bed entirely too late with a huge stomach ache. I would get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock to deliver newspapers on a Saturday, and I would race home completely exhausted, and just spend the whole day playing video games. So anyways, summer of 92, swap, swap systems. Joe gets my Genesis. I get Super Nintendo for a week. I go to Creative Video, which now has quite the selection of Super Nintendo games, and they don't just have a one- or two-day rental. You can get up to a five-day rental on video games. That was a game-changer for me. So I went and I rented a number of games, 
And one of them uh, was, of course, uh, Super WrestleMania, which I loved. I loved playing Super WrestleMania. And I said, this is, this is I'm in heaven. I'm going to play Super Mario World. I'm going to play all of Joe's games. I'm going to play the games that I rented. I'm going to need to play uh, WrestleMania all week long. And this is just, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And it was for the first uh, couple of days, for the first half of that week. And then all of a sudden I get a call in the middle of the week. It's Joe. Hey, I need my Super Nintendo back. Uh, why? Because I bought Street Fighter 2. You bought Street Fighter 2? Yeah. Oh, man. And I was so... I was both, I was, I was both thrilled because... I gave Joe his system back and then went over to his house and spent spent at least a night or two playing Street Fighter 2 with Joe, my ultimate favorite game that I couldn't even believe was coming out on Super Nintendo. And then it came out on Super Nintendo and it was it was everything I wanted it to be and more compared to the arcade version. But I was also I was also very uh, it was devastating because I had rented these games for the week, thinking I had a whole week to play Super Nintendo, and then I had to give it back prematurely. Not cool, man. Not cool. But I get it because it's Street Fighter Two. Why? Wh- why would I buy? Why would you buy Street Fighter Two and then just sit there? Of course, you could, knowing that you were going to get your system back in like two or three days, anyways, and just have it forever. So, all right, I got my stupid Genesis back, and Joe got his awesome Super Nintendo back, and now he's got Street Fighter Two, and so I'm. And but I got to spend the the night at his house playing Street Fighter Two. And brought my brought a couple blank tapes over and recorded it, and then uh, would come back uh, every day for delivering newspapers and sit on the couch and just watch the VHS tapes that I would record of us playing Street Fighter Two. What I was saying about having iPads and stuff now, where you could just any video you want to see, you could go on YouTube. Anything anything you want to see or do or know about is on. It's just there. You just have it. The, the kid, not to not to be a kids these day guy, but kids these days have no idea what it's like to not have the internet. Because we were the last, I was the last generation to grow up and have a childhood with no internet. I was fifteen when we got internet, and it was very very slow, crappy internet, and it was AOL, and it was pretty pretty limited to what you could do. I mean, the thing that people were doing with AOL was the chat rooms. That was the fun thing. Like, holy shit, I'm I'm talking to people all over the world. I just have to type. And there they are. We're, we're just instantly messaging each other back and forth. These people are all over the country. They're all over the planet. This is amazing. That was like the big thing. You know, I didn't really care too much about the World Wide Web. My dad's friend came over and said like, hey, you can do more than just AOL. Here's the World Wide Web. You can go on and, you know, here's websites. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. It seems stupid. <laughs> so we grew up. Even when we got the internet, it was like, okay, I use this a little bit. It's really fun. But there's, there's still other stuff to, to do out there in the world. And then a couple years later, high-speed internet came out. And it's like, okay, well, I get it now. That's, that's the end. Now I can just I, – I just – I don't need anything. I just need internet. Eh, so kids these days don't get it. What I, what I had to do as a child, I had to make my own YouTube and my own Twitch. You can go on Twitch. Right now I can go on Twitch and type in any video game I want. And somebody somewhere is playing that game in a live stream. Or there's at least, uh, you know, dozens, if not thousands of on-demand videos of somebody playing that game. If you can't find it on Twitch, you can find it on YouTube or anywhere else. Any game that you want to watch somebody playing, you can go and watch it. (laughs) 
And I would just, because YouTube and the internet were a long way from existing. We're still 15, 10, 15 years away. Uh, I would just go and bring a VHS tape and record, we record my friends and I playing the video games that they had that I didn't have. And then I would just come home and watch it nonstop until the tape wore out. I was ahead of my time. What can I say? Because I also, I wanted to have, I wanted to have a public access show. Uh, to just do, you know, to, to, to show videos that I made, to do like a live studio show. I just wanted to have my friends on the show as my guests and then do like ridiculous things where just some local, somebody on a local commercial that nobody, <laughs> that nobody would ever hear of anywhere. I just wanted to have them on the show and just have like a, you know, I just wanted to have a show on public access. Nowadays, you want a show? Great. Tur- Is your phone charged? Good. You have a show. You have internet, you have wireless, you have a phone, you have a show. You, you can have it on YouTube instantly. You could do a Facebook, I could go to Facebook Live right now and just do this podcast live. It's crazy. The, all the things that I wanted to do, you could just do it on your phone. Everything that I wanted to do that took, you know, hey, I want to I make professional videos. I want to have like, I want to have scene transitions and I want to have, uh, I, I want to have a grainy film format on my videos so they look more professional. And I, for years and years, I asked for this thing called the MX-1, which was a piece of equipment that costs anywhere from $600 to $1,200, depending on where you found it. I would read, I would read video, I had a subscription to Video Magazine about how to, you know, making videos. And the thing that I, the articles were great, and I would read all this cool stuff. The thing that turned me on the most was just looking at the little ads for all the, you used to be able to walk around Manhattan, and every five feet was an electronics store. And that's where you could get things like that, like these video, you know, these these high end cameras and and editing gear and all this cool stuff. It's, and and the MX One was the that was the Cadillac, that was the top of the line for manual for for video editing. Oh my God! And you could have it had three it had three AV inputs and one video input, and and that's how you could do. So I could plug the video camera into one, and I could plug a VCR into another, and I could plug the audio into another, a CD player into another, and you could, you know, there was just a little bar that you could, you know, move and transit. You could manually transition. You could press the play button; it would do an auto transit. Oh, and all these effects, and you could type titles. Oh my God, that's all I wanted. And I, for my fifteenth birthday, got it. Was the greatest birthday gift ever to this day. I think I, I can't think of any. Any happier time on my birthday than than getting that MX One. Anyways, if you wanted to make cool stuff like that, you had you had to get a piece of equipment. That by the time I got it, it was you know it was a few years old, so it was you know it was much less than twelve hundred dollars. It was less than even six hundred dollars, but it was still very expensive. And so my dad, you know, made that made my dream come true. As I now know, as I've you know, as my kids have me thousands of dollars in the hole for all the cool shit that they have, and now I get it because I had a Sega Genesis and I had a Super Nintendo, and I had an MX One to make videos and all this cool stuff that <laughs> that was not cheap <laughs> that that my parents made sure that I had. Uh, but anyways, my point being, you could just you know, not that an iPad is cheap. But for the same amount of money, you know, you can get a you can get a pretty good current generation iPad for four or five hundred dollars pretty easily, and it has everything that you could possibly want to do anything that you want on it. 
You want to make a video with, with movie quality special effects? Great. You have, an, you have a tablet? You have an iPad? You have a Samsung? Good. You can do that. You have a phone? You can do that. You want to make a TV show? You don't need to go down to your local public access and get on TV. You can just, just make a show. Just put it, put it on the internet. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Twitch. Put it on your Twitter, whatever. Instagram Live. You can do all that stuff. But back in the early 90s, you just had to do that all for yourself. So since YouTube was not even close to existing, I would just make my own YouTube on VHS tapes and just watch, watch the videos of my friends and I playing games. I did the same thing at my, my, my 11th birthday party where I rented Sega Genesis and uh, got to record myself playing, <laughs> playing Altered Beast and Sword of Sodan. And, uh, and Shadow Dancer and all these great games all weekend long. And then I would just watch the tape of that. Anyway, so, so yeah, I had, I was doing, I was making my own personal YouTube before it existed. Joe and Nate and I were having dirt pile matches, wrestling matches in this giant dirt pile that was behind my house where they were building, you know, they were building new construction and they just had piles of dirt and they had this one humongous pile of dirt that was, uh, you know, easily, I don't know, 15, 20 feet tall. And we had incredibly dangerous wrestling matches (laughs) on that dirt pile before, long before backyard wrestling was a thing. We're still years from backyard wrestling becoming a thing. And we were doing backyard wrestling. We were doing our own YouTube. We were doing our own videos, our own, you know, all this, all this stuff that is now like the, what the current generation does just by clicking a button on their phone or their tablet. That was all the stuff that we were doing back in the day. And, uh, yeah, I was born, I I either wish that I was born like, like 60 years earlier or 20 years later. Although I'm happy. I, 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 yeah, but then I would have missed the eighties and the nineties. It was great. It was great to be a kid in the eighties and be a teen in the nineties. There was nothing better. It was the best time to be those ages. Anyway, so yeah, so Joe got Street Fighter 2. I had to give his Super Nintendo back to him and collect my Sega Genesis. And then about a month later, on a stormy, hot, humid August afternoon in the midst of the 1992 Olympics, <laughs> my dad went out for a long drive and he went to he went to Montgomery Wards. So I'd just been asking so so uh <laughs> so aggressively asking for a super nintendo and uh it had been a year of me nonstop asking for super nintendo my dad one day went out to the store he went to montgomery wards and he came back and uh cousin frank and cousin ryan were staying with us i do believe that weekend and he came back and he had on the kitchen table a big black uh case for video games and he's like hey i got this for your sega genesis it's a it's a case and you know it's a you can put the console in there uh you can put the sega genesis console in there and the and the controllers and the games and the instruction manuals and all all the accessories and stuff and i looked at it i'm like okay i'm like yeah but this this says it's for super nintendo and he's like oh shoot I thought it was for the. I thought it was for your Genesis. Sorry, he's like, well, why don't you open it up and see? Maybe it. Maybe you can fit the Genesis in there. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I opened the lid, and there was a fucking Super Nintendo 
he had taken it out of the box and he put it, he knew this son of a bitch knew exactly what he was doing. Anyway, so he went to Montgomery Wards, bought a Super Nintendo carrying, uh, uh, you know, case, storage case, bought the console, several videos, he bought, we had Street Fighter 2 and Super Castlevania. Uh, I almost, I almost, I almost fainted. And then he came home, he used to, he would always do that stuff. He was like, you know, he was like the dad on the Christmas story, always with the surprises, always with the fake outs. It was like, oh my god, it was unbelievable. So he came home and he's like, "Hey, I got you this case for your uh, the storage unit for your Genesis." I'm like, yeah, but it says it's it's for the Super Nintendo. I don't have a Super Nintendo, as you know, as you well know, Father. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the Genesis fits in there. Why don't you open up and you know, if it fits, we'll keep it. If not, I'll take it back and I'll get one that fits the Genesis. I'm like, okay. And then I I still remember popping open that lid. There it is. The most beautiful thing ever. The Super Nintendo and several games. Street Fighter 2 is there. Castlevania is there. Oh, my God. And there's my dad beaming from ear to ear laughing because he, 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 he always he faked out. And I always knew that a fake out was coming. And then he wouldn't fake out for such a period of time that you would think, OK, and that's that's the that's the, the masterful way to do a fake out is to not do a fake out for a long time. So then you're not expecting when the actual fake out comes. And it was such a great ruse. Like cuz I fully expect that that was something totally within reason that my dad would get the wrong thing for the wrong gaming system and then say, "Oh, shoot. Sorry. Okay, I'll take it back." But he put the but it was that was the brilliance of it. I was like, "Okay, well, maybe it does fit your Genesis. Why don't you pop it open and and see if you can fit the thing in there?" And then I popped it open to their Super Nintendo. And and I was my my life began anew that day. <laughs> and then I officially stopped inviting myself over to Shimo's house, or vice versa, because I, I had no need for friends anymore because I had a Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. Good memories, man. And then, yeah, like I said, my fifteen. Another, another great fake out. Not even a fake out. Just like I always asked for this MX One, this video editing thing, because I wanted it so bad. But I also said, well, there's no, there's no way ever in a million years. It's so expensive. Nobody's. He's not getting that for me, you know. But it's you know, I can dream. I can dream. And then on my fifteenth birthday, in uh. This was back in the days of the push cart. I think in, in eighth grade we had to do a, a push cart project, a push cart sale, where you would you would you had to build a push cart, you know, a big wooden push cart with wheels, and you would uh, we I don't know we went to BJ's and bought a, like Cheez Its and candy bars and soda, ginger ale or something, and sold. That's what I sold in the push cart, and it was a, you know it was a fun little fundraising thing and also like a you know major project. So I had, uh, I, I think my sister was now doing the push cart fair, or maybe it was just my leftover push cart. I, I don't know, but it was my birthday and my dad said, Hey, listen, uh, I can't find, you know, it was, it was something like, Hey, get some, I think we still have some sodas in the push cart, uh, for your birthday party. Let's, let's use some of the leftover sodas from the push cart for your birthday party or something like that. And go out in the garage and just get those sodas out of the push cart. I'm like, there's nothing in the push cart. There's no sodas in the push cart. Well, go check. Okay. So I went out and I opened the push cart 
doors on the, on the, you know, open the doors on the top. And there is a box with pink lettering that says Vidionics MX1. And I just stared at it because I didn't know what the box looked like. I just knew what the, what the unit looked like. So I'm staring at this box and I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at it and it's not, I'm not processing what I'm looking at. I'm saying, what is this? Vidionics MX1. Well, that's the exact name of the thing that I've been begging for for years to do video editing. And I just, I just stared at it. I'm like, this can't be. There's no chance. There's no way that the Videonics MX-1 is actually sitting here in front of my face in the garage in this push cart on my birthday. But wouldn't you know, that's exactly what was sitting there in front of my face was the Videonics MX-1 in a push cart in my birth, for my birthday. I mean, what? What's happening right now? Is this truly another dream come true? And yes, it was. In fact, it was, in fact, the MX-1. And I still don't even know how he got it. I guess he probably went into one of my video magazines and found the place to have how to, how to order it. You know, called the number from one of those electronic <laughs> stores in New York City that sold them. And boom, there it is, the Videonics MX-1. And I used that to make videos... For the next, uh, yeah, for the next decade or so, that was it. And then, like an idiot, I went to business school, and here we are. <laughs> here we are, listening to a podcast about me talking about my childhood dreams. Yeah, that was all good, though. Man, oh man, it was it was just yeah, great, great, great memory. And I hooked it up immediately, and I made. Oh my God. I made endless videos. It was just the greatest. It was the greatest. And I'm, I'm pissed at myself because, uh, before we moved to Florida in 2010, I sold the MX one and made about the same amount of money that it was going for in 1995 when we sold it. Cause we needed, uh, you know, we just needed to get rid of stuff. And I really, really regret that I sold the MX one, but I did. Uh, I wouldn't use it if I had it. I wouldn't use it for anything. But it was—it's just such a cool piece of equipment. And uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe I would use it for something. <laughs> but it would be—you know—it would be a great, just a great old uh, old thing to have. Anyway, um, I don't even know. I guess I was starting talking about video games. Now it's one o'clock. That was an hour ago. It's been exactly an hour. The twelve o'clock news was on, and now it's uh, now it's the soap operas, the Young and the Restless, and the tennis game is on. Uh, there was so much to talk about, and I just I got down this uh, I'm uh, a good timey, good feeling kind of thing about video games and childhood memories, video stores. Yeah, it's it was a great time, man. Great time to be alive. Not not so much for my kids who were born with uh, two major helicopter parents <laughs> and no video stores, but you know we've we made <laughs> we made it known last year at Christmas time when uh, when they got an insane amount of things under the tree and in their stockings uh, because we couldn't we couldn't go see the family the pandemic was raging and there were no vaccines at that time. And so we said, yeah, we're not going anywhere. And I said, but please understand, you're, <laughs> we're, we're buying your affection this, this holiday season since you're not going to have your cousins and your grandparents and your aunt and uncle and 
all the family members and the, the traditional Christmas uh, family celebration that we have, uh, we're replacing that with things. And so, I don't know. That'll either be that'll either be like a if my kids have a podcast someday and they talk about their childhood memories, they're either going to talk about like wow yeah, we we had all all the great video games and all these awesome toys and VR headsets and all this cool stuff. Uh, either they'll be they'll be looking back on those things fondly, or they'll be saying like yeah, our parents um, you know we lived down the street from <laughs> we lived within five minutes of all of our our closest relatives and our grandparents and then uh and then my dad moved us away from all of that and then and then just bought us a lot of toys to make up for it so they'll, they'll either be talking about that uh on a podcast or they'll be on, a, on the therapist couch talking about it now we've had some we've had some good times i think it's all different right i don't have any i don't have childhood camping memories and my kids will have lots of childhood camping memories and, uh, you know, I have memories of going to New York City and seeing Broadway shows. Uh, and my kids will have memories of going to New York City and hopefully seeing Broadway shows. But there really haven't been any Broadway shows open during the pandemic, so that's not really an option. But they'll have memories of, you know, hanging out at Central Park and in the zoo and the Met and Empire State Building and all the touristy things, Times Square, World Trade Center, you know, just walking around. I've seen all this cool stuff. They'll have, you know, I have no, I, I didn't spend practically every weekend of my childhood riding my bicycle around the streets of Boston, and my kids are gonna. Have, so it's, you know, it's all different. You want to give your kids your childhood, but also a better version of it. Even, and my, the only difference is I, I grew up with, you know, with parents. We were kids in the eighties. None of our parents grew up with video games because video games didn't exist when our parents were kids. So they didn't quite understand the appeal of video games and thought for most of us it would just be a fad and we'd grow out of it and not be interested in video games. Uh, Whereas in reality, we would only get more and more interested in video games and the video games would only get more high tech and bigger and better in a lot of ways. And uh, so the difference is kids my age, us, us, you know, Gen X, Gen Z, Gen whatever, (laughs) growing up. Uh, begging our parents for video games and uh, with with varying degrees of success and getting the, the games that we wanted, whereas my kids don't even know what it's like to ask for a video game because I'm the one who, <laughs> I'm the one who wants the video game even more than they do. When I see that a new game is coming out, I say, okay, we're getting that. <laughs> and there's so many times where my kids just wake up and they have a new game on their Switch because I'll be scrolling around and say, oh, ooh, this one's on sale. I'm going to get that. My version of that, I guess, would be walking around Leechmere and nobody beats the whiz with my dad when we finally got, uh, when we got a PC and we would get all these great, the great Sierra point and click adventure games, the King's Quest games and all that good stuff. <laughs> Willie Beamish from Dynamics, Seventh Guest, all those classic games, Gabriel Knight, all the, all these awesome point and click Leisure Suit Larry, <laughs> which there's a Leisure Suit Larry game on the Switch that I bought and I was playing recently, and it's just so bad. <laughs> but it 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 really takes me back because it's a lot of a lot of references to the '90s. You know, Larry I think uh, was cryogenically frozen, or aliens abducted him, or something, and he came back, and he's 
he doesn't know, you know, there's people on their uh, iPhones and stuff and he has no idea what any of it is. And he's, you know, he's talking about floppy disks and all this stuff from the 90s. Anyway, uh, yeah, my my kids will will wake up and find games just on their Switch because I saw it and I said, oh, this is a great game and it's on sale. We'll get that. I guess, yeah, my version was going to Leechmere. My dad would go to pick up, uh, you know, the latest version of uh, TurboTax or... <laughs> or Microsoft Word, and I would I would look at the uh, the bargain bin of CD-ROM games, and you could n- you, nobody knew the game could be a total piece of shit. Nobody knew because the graphics were just so advanced compared to consoles back then that you would just look at the back of the box, and that's how you uh, you had to gauge if the game was good or not based on the graphics. And of course, the back of the box is just going to show you the best g- cutscene graphics. And then you're going to get home and you're going to watch that that opening scene. And wow, oh my God, full motion video. Oh my God, the you know voice acting and all this cool stuff. And then you get to the actual game and it's a giant piece of shit. But it was great because like those games were $10. So we would go and I would just look through the bargain bin. <laughs> I would accompany my dad to Leech Mirror and he would get the thing. He may or may not walk out with the thing that he went there for. Maybe it was like a... Maybe it was a new part for a lawnmower, but I would look at the I would look at the PC games, and I would walk out of there with a stack of of PC video games, uh, most of which were either horrible or literally unplayable, such as Hellcab, uh, which we never even got to work on anybody's PC. And uh, yeah, we still joke that the 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 PC has yet to be invented that has the processing power to handle Hellcab from 1993. Anyway. But I guess that was my version of it. Going to Leech Mirror, going to Nobody Beats the Wiz, and walking out with <laughs> with computer games uh, is the same as my kids just waking up in the morning and there's there's new games on their Switch because I I happen to find them on sale in the on the eShop. Ah, oh, good times. All right, it's been over an hour uh, just talking about video games. On top of the thirty minutes that I was talking about camping, it's good to be back. This has been episode 86 of the Birthday Boy Podcast. There's lots of stuff that I still wanted to talk about, but I'll just have to wait until next time. And this was a good way to take my mind off the fact that I think I need to give my uh, I need to give notice tomorrow at the job that I've had for <laughs> exactly actually t- tomorrow is exactly the two month anniversary of me. It's only two, yeah, Jesus, two month anniversary of me starting my current job, which I actually like. But uh, the old the old job came calling. The job that I had last year, the company that I worked for last year, uh, called me up and said, "Hey, we uh, we need you back, and here's here's the offer." And it's uh, boy oh boy, impossible to say no. <laughs> it's impossible to say no to this offer. So that's a good thing. Uh, the bad thing is the last two jobs I had, I really hated, and it would have been very very easy to just say, "Okay," as it was. Say, hey, this isn't working out as my two weeks notice. Okay, bye. Uh, as opposed to this one, which is a little tougher because I actually really like the people. I really, you know, for the most part, am enjoying the work uh, as much as one can enjoy work that's not that enjoyable. But I cannot say no to <laughs> to the opportunity that has been presented to me. And uh, so, yeah, but that's going to be a tough, tough phone call to make to say, hey, uh, hey, I've been here for exactly 60 days and I'm leaving. All right. So I spent the first three months at one place. 
then April, May, June at another place, and June, or then July, August, September at the current place, and then uh, it'll be October, November, December, and hopefully well beyond that at the at the next place. Which the next place being uh, the place that I was for all of 2020 that I loved uh, working there. So hopefully it'll be be more of the same. And that's the balance you try to strike. Like usually it's like, okay, well this this job kind of sucks, but the pay is good or the pay is not so great, but I'm really loving what I'm doing. So it seems like I might, uh, might have the opportunity to go back and have both of those things to have the, to have the good paycheck and to be happy. Can't say no to that. Just can't do it. Anyway, uh, that's it. Episode 86 birthday boy podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed me just waxing nostalgic about not the year 1991 and 1992 and video games. Uh, cause I certainly enjoyed it and it took my mind off the fact that I have to make that call tomorrow. Uh, that will be very, very disappointing for the recipients of that phone call. And I, uh, yeah, it's, it's not uh, having already done it twice this year. I really was hoping to not have to do it again for a long time, but here we are. So, okay. We'll see how it goes. Keep you posted. Thank you for listening. This has been episode 86 of the Birthday Boy Podcast. Have a great whatever. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. By the time you hear this, I'm sure Labor Day weekend will be long gone. Uh, But in any event, have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Whatever day it is that you're listening to this, enjoy it. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Thanks for listening. Later, Gators. Gators.